Well, splish splash, you're probably taking a bath on a Saturday night. Well, while you're in the tub getting clean from the from the filth from the week, spend some time with us for about tonight because we've got some new music right here from Columbia, South Carolina, from Joshua. Well, here we are. We are live on Saturday night. We had some technical difficulties on Thursday night that have led us to this evening. And thank you for joining us. And the comment lines are open. So if you've got, got any questions or comments about Joshua's music, please weigh in and we will go ahead and respond. Josh, it is so good to have you on with us tonight. Yes, sir. I'm just thankful to be here by the grace of God. Amen. And I am so thankful to have met you because we have just moved the Raven's Heart studio from Charleston, South Carolina to Columbia, South Carolina. And it's by divine appointment that God has brought us together. Immediately, I meet a musician in Columbia. <laughs> Amen. You know how God works. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy. And um, I really have to give a shout out to my son-in-law, uh, Dustin, tonight, who's helping make this live stream possible. Because on Thursday night, we were all ready to go, and everything just went completely south. But this new setup that we've got, I can go headphone-free. It's great. I can hear you through the speakers in the studio. And we're going to have a good time, talk about your music, and talk about how God is using you at this time in your life. And you actually have a very interesting story. You heard God speak through your second-grade teacher, and that's kind of how you got into music. God speaking through your teacher. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So basically, her name was Miss Powers, you know, interesting name too. But yeah. basically, she was our music teacher. And so she would teach us piano and like choir and all that sort of stuff. And for some reason, every time she would call on me, she would sing that song, Joshua in the Battle of Jericho. Jericho, she would always sing it. And it was like, uh, it was cringy because, you know, I'm like a kid and, you know, I didn't want to be called out and I didn't want to have like a theme song every time I'm called out. Now it's cool because I'm like, yeah, yeah. But at that time it was like, uh, and she would sing it almost every time she would call me or I had a question to ask. And I guess that was God's way of just speaking through her to show me that he was calling me to music. And through that, I was going to bring souls to him. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it got started in a sense. Yeah. It's really neat how you're able to look back in your life and see how God was calling you and drawing you at that time to be used by him for the ministry that he's called you to. I've had similar for me as well, especially with music and ministry. As you know, we put on for the past three years, I put on a Christian music festival in Charleston and all throughout my life I've had on my desk. I had it when I was a kid. One of my uh, family friends gave it to me. It was one of those pet rocks with all the little rocks on it that say rock concerts. So when I look back at it, I'm like, Oh, okay. And I'd really like to encourage all of our viewers and listeners who are trying to figure out what it is that God's called them to. 
Go back to your childhood. What was God speaking to you then? And I want to ask you a little bit more about this because I've known you now for a few months and really gotten to know you better over the past few weeks. And you're very attuned to the voice of God. What are some other instances that you've had where God has spoken to you? You've heard it, you've known it. And then how do you know that it's him and it's not all the pepperoni pizza that you ate the night before you went to bed? <laughs> very good question. So uh, to start off, I'm a very biblical person. So, you know, as it says in Romans uh, 10, 17, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we know that God is not the author of confusion. And so because of that, it's kind of simple for me because, you know, you have your carnal mind, which is everything that's basically just negative, just junk, just a reinforce, reinforcing of your uh, sensations or your feelings, your emotions. And then you have God, which is unchanging. And sometimes it sucks to hear but it's always the right thing to do. And so I would say, you know, first, obviously, you know, I, I remember her as the significant event, but, you know, proceeding forward, you know, as a, like a still young adolescence, I would go to um, Christian Life Assembly and it's a church that is here in Columbia. It's off of Bush River Road and we would have like individual services in the sense of we would have the youth separated from the adults. And when the youth would get released out, there would be kind of like an intermediate period where um, you would not be going into the adult service, but you just basically had to wait on your parents. And so one day I was just waiting there and a, a man, he came up to me and I didn't understand at that time who he was. I never seen him. I never saw him again. And he just kind of sat down and he started talking to me. He's like, yeah, man, um, God has called you to greatness. God is going to use you in a mighty way. And he's going to speak through you, you know, so on and so forth. And he was just, you know, speaking these things over me. And at that time, I didn't realize he was prophesying over my life. Wow. But I understood that he was saying something to me that was important at that time. And so, you know, there were times there. And then as I continued to grow as well, I started to explore more of the musical arts. I started taking guitar classes in high school and stuff like that. And, um, you know, in those classes, I got to meet different individuals who would reaffirm that I was musically inclined or I could learn things at a quicker rate than, you know, most, you know, people who are studying music. And so, you know, with that, I just kind of started to explore it a little bit more. And as you start to listen to God more, you become more discerning of his voice. It's kind of like a person, if you meet them at first and you haven't saved their number and they give you a call and you're like listening to them and you're like, I think I may know who this is, but I'm not sure who this is, but uh, can you restate who this is for me? And it, it's kind of like that. But then once you get the number saved and you get 
you know, used to their voice, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know this is, you know, whoever it is. And so it's kind of like that with me as well, that my relationship with God, as I became more in tune and known in and of, you know, who he is and who he is in me, I began to understand uh, his way of telling me uh, where I should go and where I shouldn't go. Wow. How much does reading the scripture help you or how has it helped you in discerning the voice of God? And how often do you read scripture? And I want, want to highlight this point for the people that are watching and listening. Yeah. Um, awesome question. Uh, basically, I read scripture every single day. And it's a very important aspect of my life because I look at the point where Jesus was being tempted by Satan and we see that every time he went to rebuke you know Satan he essentially used a Bible verse and you know I, I took that and I was like huh well, why would he approach it that way but then I came to understand that you know there's power in that and then obviously we see when uh, Michael also rebuked the devil with really going too deep into it. He just kept it straightforward and it was based on the word of God. And so, you know, naturally I found that that's like a good tactic as far as warfare goes is to just stay firm on the word of God because in doing so, it just is naturally that shield of faith that quenches all those fiery darts, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so it's a huge thing to me it's, it's it's very very important it's something that i intend and make sure that i do every day whether it be a few verses or multiple chapters or an entire book but i make sure that i'm led by the spirit to read what god has ordained for me that day so yeah it's super important to me wow now, your style of music is very, very unique. It's not what you would normally hear on the radio. How would you describe your style of music or your sound? Yeah, so I would describe it as eclectic. And um, I gather um, different musical inspirations, but also uh, make sure that I kind of channel into um, whatever God is placing on my heart at that time. And sometimes it may come out as like something that's like folk or sometimes it may be something that's more rock influenced. And I just let God use me however he sees fit because he did tell us to praise him and, you know, to make a new song. And so I'd rather not be constrained to a particular genre or uh, mode or rhythm or rhyme scheme, but rather just sincerely from my heart, give him praise. And, you know, I've studied all those things like doxology and all that sort of stuff and looking at the exact instrumentation and the way that we're supposed to praise God and all that stuff. But, you know, I believe that when it comes down to it, God just wants us to give him praise from our heart. And so when, you know, I approach songwriting, it's the same thing. I just intend on giving praise to God 
not on riding ahead or intentionally trying to make something catchy, but just solely giving God the praise that he deserves. There is really no formula for it. And the first song that we're going to listen to tonight is entitled Throne. It's a very unique song, and it's definitely not what you would hear on K-Love. What is <laughs> what is the message of Throne? So, yeah, the message of Throne is uh, simply that Jesus Christ is sitting on the throne right there at the right hand. And so, you know, I just wanted to convey that in like a cool uh, kind of like, I guess, modernized way and um, just make it entertaining for people. And that's the point of it. It just gives that vastness. It gives the immenseness and the, um, I, I don't know what the word will be for it oftentimes because, you know, we can't really, we have all these words, but it, it doesn't amass to how great God is. But, you know, that's the intention behind the song is to show the almighty power of God and, you know, how, he is just, you know, magnificent. This is Throne by Joshua Ross. definitely catch your attention i just saw the number of views go up as we were playing that track thrown thank you for joining us this evening hey if you want to weigh in tell us what you think of that track and uh, if you got any questions for joshua and as as i was listening to that i came up with the word folklectic folklectic um folk music eclectic eclectic folk folklectic i find that to me i just made up a new word tonight we can put it in the music lexicon folk eclectic one of the things that i like about that song is it's very eerie yeah um it brings the point home but then you matched a video with it that's just as eerie as the song is with the soldier that's holding up the blue-headed horned uh, i guess that's a giant's head uh if if i'm not mistaken and you know this is a conversation my wife and i were having this afternoon is that the times 
of uh, of the Bible. Um, Imposter Gorgeous, that was me and my mommy. Okay, well, hey, well, thank you for joining us this evening uh, on the live stream. Thanks for listening. Um, but uh, the times of like Joshua and all that, those were weird times. There were weird things walking and roaming the earth. Uh, giants, Nephilim, and all sorts of stuff. And yeah. we can discuss that. Oh, Dan and my okay, Dan and mommy. Okay, that is my family that's watching. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. So, yeah, all this weird stuff that was out there. And then after Jesus was crucified and rose again, it kind of pushed all those things back. And we're starting to see that stuff again in the earth today. But I like how you match the eeriness of that. And then if you just think about all of the things of God to us, to our flesh, it's just different it's it's eerie um mm -hmm. to the flesh now to the spirit not so much so you know because we've got this conflict going on between flesh and spirit so something else that i find very interesting is that track only lasted one minute and 52 seconds i timed it and in our world we're used to the four sec the four minute or the five minute song oh it's got to be three three and a half minutes four minutes five minutes why so brief why brief tracks? And a lot of your tracks are that way. Why brief tracks? So I'm a very short and straight to the point person. So it's just kind of a part of like who I honestly am. And I'm sure you understand that by now as the type of I do, yep. Um, and so it kind of just reflects in the music, but also like speaking uh, sonically, when we look at the times that we're living in now where everything is regulated by social media and it's very quick clips it's just boom 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 i kind of keep that in the back of my mind where some of these songs when i initially create them they are a little bit longer like there are, there's more to it i have more layers of instruments and things of that nature but sometimes i tone it back and just listen to god and just keep it straightforward and simple because there was a time where I was like very, very technical. I would approach things in a very um, musical theory way where I would look at how I'm composing the, the instruments and how I'm layering things and I'm making sure that the chord progressions are properly done and that there's a proper transition and bridge, so on and so forth. And I got to a point where I would have songs that would just have so many layers and it was so complex that the meaning was so sometimes go missed. Mm -hmm. And I started to like analyze it. I'm like, hey, I need to tone this back a little bit and make it just short and straight to the point. And yeah. I found that that is a good method as far as like ministering to people through the music because you got the message there you know i, I said everything I need. and you know you get the bible verses in and you know if you felt it you felt it and if you didn't you didn't and you can move on you know i don't want too much of your time i just want enough to encapsulate you and then let you decide what you want to do and so that's kind of how i approach you know all my song making and you know we live in a world once again that's built on like dopamine you know cycles where people need the approval and then people need you know that excitement and then 
they kind of, you know, plateau, then they need that again, and they need that again. I've kind of gotten to a point where I just want to avoid all of that completely. You know, I'm not doing this for, you know, the applause. I'm not doing this for the, you know, virality and people talking about how beautiful the song was composed and how detailed and how long it is. You know, I'm just doing it just to get the point across, give my praise to God and continue yeah. on on about the other affairs God has for me. So that's kind of why it comes out that way. Those are some interesting points that you've made about social media. Um, I think social media has really spoiled us in, in a lot of ways with the shortened yeah. attention spans, because a lot of times it takes longer for things to sink into our minds to, to really grasp it. And if you're just in the little short clips and everything like that, and I've been realizing this as we've been putting out YouTube shorts of the live streams that we do, how, how those will just take off, you know, and then the longer format people, you know, we've got our dedicated viewers and listeners that are like, yeah. Um, but that's more my generation, uh, that are into the longer format. Uh, you know, I grew up in the days of, you know, a four hour radio talk show with Art Bell on AM radio. Those days are kind of over now. It's the, give me the short clip, give me the short clip. It can be good and it can be bad. And I was just thinking about John the Baptist, how he would have fit in real quick, real easy with this generation with a very short, quick message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. Boom. There yeah. it is. <laughs> there it is. You know, one of the primary characteristics of your music is the use of sound. Uh, you know, we're all familiar with how melodies glorify God, and we're all familiar with how verses of lyrics glorify God. But a lot of people just don't think about sound or a sound or a particular sound glorifying the Lord. How does a sound glorify God? And are there any examples in Scripture of how just a particular sound might glorify God? Yeah, so, I mean, oftentimes, um, I guess people overlook the fact of just words being sounds or, you know, even utterances of the heart being sound. You may not be able to hear it because, you know, human hearing only goes up to a certain amount, right? But it doesn't mean that the impulse of that thought or, you know, of that, you know, fluctuation of your heart doesn't have its own sound in and of itself. You know, if we think about everything being, you know, essentially there there is some frequency to everything. You know, some things we are able to hear, some things we are unable to hear. And, you know, if we think about it from that standpoint, then we could even understand and perceive our prayers being a sound, you know? And, you know, I even think about the time in the Bible where I can't remember her exact name, but she essentially prayed and they thought that she was drunk. They, um, they thought that she was drunk because she was murmuring like under her breath. She was saying a prayer yeah. under her. Correct, right. Correct. Handa uh, praying for Samuel. And um, it, it was interesting because, you know, people perceive it as she was murmuring. What are you saying? You know, but really what she was saying was from the bottom of her heart. And really what she was saying meant the world to her. And it ended up bringing 
to fruition a whole nother person who ended up being one of the most important people in that time. Yeah. And so it's just from my perspective and from my understanding of the word and just the world in general, um, you know, your words and the sound of the words that you say they have, you know, very, very, very important factor in uh, your success, not just spiritually, but, you know, physically and mentally, you know, and you can even see it in just how you have a conversation with somebody. And if you have more charisma when you speak to somebody, whereas if you have less charisma when you speak to someone, it may be more well received than it is, you know, the other way around. And so, you know, there, there have been all sorts of science tests that people have done on like speaking to water and looking at uh, the water fractals once they freeze and stuff and seeing how words like peace and joy affect the imaging of you know the fractals in comparison to if you say like hate or you know something negative to it and also if you pray to the you know pray in the presence of this water they've tested that too and it, they've seen that it shows a more in in our eyes in our sight it shows a more beautiful picture than if you were to say something negative to it. And so, you know, I, I find that to be an important thing in not only our just personal relationship with God, but also in our daily life as well. That's very interesting that you bring that up. And that's something that the Lord has been emphasizing to me over the past two or three years now is what we speak creates the atmosphere around us. If we speak negative, if we speak negatively, if we're always saying, well, this isn't going to work or this is going to happen and you're, you're speaking that and it creates a, a very dark atmosphere. But if you're speaking life and Paul said it in Scripture and it's not just a, a mental thing, but it's actually scientifically proven from what you're saying, the power of life and death are in the tongue. Mm -hmm. You can either bless or curse and it's a discipline of the mind to maintain that what I speak is put into the atmosphere around me and it's going to affect the atmosphere around me. If I speak negative, if I spoke negative all around you and everybody that's listening right now, it would have an impact on not just their mind, but physically as well. I think oh, from, yeah. from what you're saying. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, just think about, how um, they essentially say, you know, scientific studies basically agree with this, that, you know, genetics are a huge role, but also the environment in which someone is in to help express those particular genes that either cause diseases or don't express and do not become diseases. And so, you know, we can think about it from that perspective too. If you're psychologically just being battered day in and day out, you know, much like spiritual warfare, you know, certain things will express, you know, such as psychosis, schizophrenia, whatever it may have you. But if you're constantly being reinforced with, you know, a positive, you know, whether it be from a compliment from a person or, you know, just you looking in the mirror and being able to be like, yeah, I'm 
I'm who God has made me and, you know, I love who I am. That's a reinforcement to just continue living a life without, you know, diseases because that's what it is, is and this easement of, you know, your natural functions mentally, physically, and spiritually. And so, yeah, it's super important that you speak positive into your environment, not only for yourself, but the people around you. Absolutely. And Imposter Gorgeous says in Proverbs 18, 21, there it is, the tongue can bring death, uh, yeah. death or life. It's right there in the book of Proverbs. Yeah. This is so important. And uh, thank you, Adam Oxendine, for sharing us on Facebook tonight. Thank you for helping get uh, get this out. This is very important what we're talking about, because as the world gets a little bit darker, it's going to be easier and easier to speak negative things and that we don't want to do that. We want to speak things that are positive. Now, it's not that we're going to say everything's all sunshines and butterflies. Uh, you know, Joshua, thank you. Uh, for um we we just got a like thank you thank you for that um on facebook a thumbs up for what we're talking about right now seems to be resonating with our uh, viewers tonight but um you know as the world gets darker we're gonna have to be that light and the only way to be that light is to speak what's positive and it's not just making stuff up it's not just you know the pablums of lies it's speaking positive and looking at the positive in things because god really He's the one that's uh, he's the one that's in control, and I even know of people and heard of heard of people that had spoke over themselves a premature death. Mm. Um, I, I've heard of that, and and it has yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the music industry, they have what what do they call it, twenty seven club, where you know all these people have you know talked about dying early and then like amy winehouse and you know uh the lead singer of nirvana and all these various different artists just so miraculously die at that number and i'm not going to get into that just because you know that could be anything but at the same time it's just like things don't happen by coincidence is all i understand and if god is you know the one who essentially is behind all of this, then there is something substantiated behind these people passing prematurely and they're speaking of that. And it's just crazy to think of the world that we live in now. But, you know, th there is always going to be that, you know, voice in the wilderness that essentially is screaming for people to repent and being that light that is, you know, essentially expunging the darkness so that people can understand because until those things are exposed, then, you know, how will people even know that it is negativity? Some people believe that, you know, that positive, you know, negativity, which is, you know, weird when you think about it, but they think that that is you know, the way to go, you know, look at all the sin that's being promoted in the world that we live in now. And it just looks so beautiful. It looks so sightly. It's just like the the fruit that was on the tree to Eve is just, you know, wow. Yeah, this definitely won't kill me. This is, yeah, yeah, this is nice. And, you know, that's really what we have nowadays. There's so many things that are just that fruit, you know, that it just looks so beautiful. It's sightly. It may you know, tastes good at that point in time, but in the end, you know, it brings death. And, you know, I, I was recently, you know, just reading 
about, you know, King David and Saul and even, you know, Jonathan, when he ate the honey, when he was not supposed to eat the honey and it was so sweet at that time, but it bought death in the end. And, you know, it is just crazy to think about how biblical everything is and how even with that light being shined to expose everything that, you know, still, it, it's still hard for people to understand, but all we can do is keep shining that light and pray that it, you know, helps those people out in that moment to actually find, you know, the true image and the light that God is, you know, igniting within them. Absolutely. And, you know, it comes down to something else. And this is something that we have the privilege of in the United States, and that's the freedom of speech. So a lot of people are like, well, I've got the freedom of my of speech and it's my right to say whatever I want. Well, if you're a believer, no, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. You don't have freedom of speech. You have to be very disciplined um, in your speech. It tells us how to speak, that our words need to be seasoned with salt, that we need to speak positive. We need to speak life and not death. Now, there will be times where God does tell us to call down fire in certain places and things like that, but that's more the exception <laughs> than the norm in, in doing things. But you know, in America, where we're so used to that freedom of speech, well, it's my right. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to speak my mind of what's in my heart, and I'm just going to put it out there. Well, you go check and see what Paul said. Put a bridle on that tongue, honey. <laughs> put a bit, because it sets the flames of hell afire in the world. Hey, let's go back and talk about the music industry for a minute, mm -hmm. because you actually were given the opportunity to move into the professional music industry, but you decided not to do that. Yeah. What was the opportunity that you had and why did you decide not to, not to pursue that? So there were a couple stages to it. So essentially, you know, I released some music initially and it gained some traction. And so I was being contacted by different organizations and labels, essentially, you know, them offering me different things to fly me out to their headquarters and stuff like that. And I had a representative from the Sony organization reach out to me. And essentially, they said that, you know, they had heard my music and A&R had uh, sent it to one of their head people there, so on and so forth and that they wanted to fly me out and you know essentially the record deal would be you know six figures and this that and the third but in order to accept the record deal i had to compromise on my faith and essentially they asked me to do a favor that i would not be willing to do and you know I basically declined that and he he tried to speak curses over me. He was like, well, your music career was never gonna go anywhere anyways, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you're never gonna be anything in this music industry. And so, you know, from there, you know, I had my friend with me and he was like recording this and we just kind of looked at each other like, did that just happen? And we were like, yeah, that, that actually really just happened. 
And so from there, I was like, okay, well, that kind of ignited a fire in me to make even more music. And so I started my own independent record label. God gave me a dream. Uh, the name for the youth was to be the name of it. And so I did that. And then I went to Atlanta and I met these people at a studio named Bravo Ocean. And they essentially helped me gain a better understanding of the industry because a lot of um, major like just artists in general, like Katy Perry or Post Malone and people like that who are on the other side of the music industry, you know, they're not about spreading the gospel, uh, have gone there and they have um, essentially, you know, made projects and worked with these people. So I got to meet them and the, they were very receptive of, you know, my journey with God and what I was doing and um, the head engineer and manager of the studio just so happened to be a Christian that, you know, his name was David. And so nice. <laughs> essentially we started working on this project and um, he started putting me on to various different things. And I met a bunch of different people in like the music industry and things of that nature. And so I released that project. It did fairly well. And from there, I went and just started doing shows. And, you know, through that, I met more people. And um, I signed like different contracts for music licensing for like uh, films and uh, radio stations and stuff like that. And then I finally got like an agent. I got somebody who wanted to be my manager and he turned out to be a crook. He turned out to be a wolf in sheep's clothing who basically got me placements on various different uh, shows and uh, media outlets and stores or whatever may have you. And he took all my royalties and <laughs> I got into a very heated argument with this guy and I flew out to LA. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And basically, you know, I, I was going there for a conference, but also I wanted to double it and just like go toe to toe with this guy. But God like changed my heart at that time. So I went to LA, you know, with all intentions of like finding this guy and just like getting this straight. And, you know, but when I got there and I started to attend the conference, I realized I was here for a different reason. And I, I met another gospel artist and he started telling me the temptations that he had faced when he was in the industry and the struggle to, you know, essentially just continue at all, you know, basically being the starving artist, even though it wasn't like, it was something out of our control, you know, it's it like, it felt like we were blacklisted in a sense for, you know, standing on our faith. And so, you know, during the rest of that time when I was out there, I was just soul searching, just trying to uh, figure out, you know, what what is going on in this industry? Uh, what am I called to do? And so, you know, during that time, I just kept praying and praying and praying. And then eventually I came back and I kind of had a better understanding of what God was calling me to do. 
And so I just started to work more on the music and the craft rather than worrying about getting placements, trying to do shows and trying to collaborate with people and do songwriting with people and doing all these different things. I just started focusing on actually just genuinely making the music because at a time I was just so focused at just being successful. I was willing to go anywhere and, you know, try different things and it, it did not lead to success. You know, it, when I was in LA, I was so just, just so soul searching, trying to figure it out. I even sought a, uh, she called herself a Christian palm reader. And so, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I sought out her services and she was explaining to me how she does this through Christ and this, that, and the third. And in the end, I realized it was, it was demonic, you know, <laughs> and it, it, it took me further down the rabbit hole to realize because God spoke to me at that time, like, you shouldn't have been here. You shouldn't have gone there. This is not what you were supposed to do. And I was like, dang, you know, and, you know, when we were just talking about, you know, the words and the sounds, the verse where it says, uh, be slow to speak, you know, slow to anger and quick to listen, mm -hmm. where I had to go through that phase of where I had to control what I wanted to do, everything I wanted to say, and the rebellious tendency of, you know, my carnal self to just be able to just listen to God, even when I was getting frustrated and, you know, all the things that I was doing. And so, you know, fast forward a couple of years later after that, I had just taken time to just focus on the craft. Um, I started receiving uh, grants from an organization called uh, South Arts. It was a jazz road grant. And um, I just used that to focus more on the craft. And I started making more music. Um, I started to release more content. And then I just was led by God. God was just like, delete all your platforms. And I was just like, delete all my platforms. And he's like, yeah. and I. At that point in time, garnered wow. like, tens of thousands of followers and stuff from constantly releasing songs and things like that. And I was like, delete everything, God? He's like, yeah, it all must go. And I was like, are you serious? And, you know, I had friends that I was talking to and they're like, dude, don't delete it. You know, why would you delete it? You're starting to pick up traction now, this, that, and the third. And I was just like, battling on the inside like does this even make sense why would god tell me to do all this and then tell me to just do this and it brings me back to the verse in samuel where it says obedience is better than sacrifice where you know sacrificing all this time and all this to make all these things happen but god is just telling me to stop it and just give him praise wholeheartedly so i did it i followed through with that and when I did that, I found an avenue in which I could submit my music to uh, the British Broadcasting Corporation, BBC. And I submitted it to them and they liked my music uh, so much so that the first track that I submitted to them became a song of the week there. And I just started submitting my tracks to them on a consistent basis. And they just started playing them on the radio and 
you know, after that, because that had always been like a dream of mine. It was always a goal. Like I will be on like BBC Sounds or I will do this. You know, I was always like trying to speak that to my environment in a sense. But really, once I realized it wasn't the me sacrificing so much, but just being obedient to what God wanted me to do, God would open that door. And so, you know, that was my taste of the industry. You know, I, I signed contracts to work on movies and sign non-disclosure forms and got screwed on stuff like that too, where I did all the work and, you know, I, I've, I've gone through those things and it's shown me enough to understand what's behind the veil of everybody sees the beautiful entertainment industry and this, that, and the third, but in the background, there's all these shady deals going on and people always trying to cheat you out of your money, especially when, you know, you're a Christian and you're really serving God, you know, because a lot of those people are not, you know, godly people, sadly. And so, you know, I, I will say this, that, you know, even though there's a lot of darkness in the music industry, there is still a lot of light within it as well. And there are a lot of people speaking the truth. And I thank God for letting me meet those people along that wild ride so that it would continue to encourage me to just give him praise, even through, you know, the dark times or even the good times. And so, you know, the music industry, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a beast in and of itself, but ultimately you know nothing can stand up to god and so you see i'm still here today making music and you know ultimately all it did was motivate me to give more praise to god in a more pure and genuine way what a powerful story i'm just sitting here thinking of several things first of all i'd like to go back to the obedience is better than sacrifice which you were just talking about there because yesterday as I was driving to work and I was in, you know, just conversing with the Lord, it just became, and I verbalized this, is that obedience is painful as all get out to the flesh. It's, it's painful. It's not like, yay, I'm going to go obey today. But while it's painful to the flesh, it is sweet to the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Just if, if anybody takes anything away from tonight, besides the good music that we have, obedience is painful to the flesh, but sweet to the spirit. And that's what God desires more than anything else is obedience. And that's what we see. That is the theme throughout every book of Scripture is obedience to the Lord. The other thing, and you're talking about the music industry. Fortunately, I am on the outside of the music industry trying to infiltrate it so that we can take that mountain back for the Lord because everything really belongs to him anyway. And Satan's just kind of stole it and he's occupying that area and we need to kick him off of it. But you know, with, with the music industry, what I've learned is that it's just dog eat dog. It's everybody out for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of that. And, you know, even diving deeper, right. You know, I was just talking to a brother about this, you know, going through these different studios with these, you know, Grammy award winning artists and these platinum, you know, people, 
I started to realize like spiritual warfare was real because I met like actual witches at these studios and I thought it was a joke, you know what I mean? I thought these, oh, that's just a figment of, you know, my imagination. <laughs> like, and then you realize like, oh, this is actually a real, a real thing. They're, they're actually speaking these things over these songs. And, you know, it's crazy because, you know, fast forward after that, you know, God called me to ministry also not just musically, but, you know, going out and doing the laying of hands and praying for people and, you know, casting out, you know, the demons. And I, I, I ended up evangelizing witches and bringing, you know, warlocks and witches to Christ who had done sacrifices and gone deep into the occultic realm. And, you know, having that you know, section of experience where I went out and experienced it and met these people and how, you know, the Bible says lay hands on no man quickly, how there would be times where people would just come up and they would shake my hand, but they would not let go of my hand. And I thought it was weird. You know, I'm like meeting these, you know, stars or whatever. And they're like holding my hands for like 20 seconds. And I'm kind of like trying to tug my hand away. Like, all right, bro. And people are over there laughing, like, yeah, I heard that person's a witch, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, mm, you know, and it's just interesting seeing these different things at that point in time. And then how God ends up bringing it full circle there and how through that experience, I was able to be used as a tool for God to bring those type of people to him. So. Yeah, the music industry is um, is ridiculous. It's like it's, <laughs> but like you were saying, you know, it's it's up to you know people like us to bring that back to reclaim that. And you know, I, I believe one day when God ordains it, we definitely will. Oh, no weapon formed against me, Foster. Yeah, we are we are back live. Um, my goodness, there we were talking about intense spiritual warfare things, and everything again went down. Um, thank you for joining back with us, and for those of you that are watching, this may seem a little disjointed. Uh, we're going to edit this together and put it up as a video. But hey, it's live, and anything can happen. And we were talking about uh, the witchcraft and the music industry, and right now we just plead the blood of Jesus over Josh and myself and this equipment and everybody that's watching and listening, even on the replay, uh, the audio replay as well, because this is this is real stuff, and we're diving into some very sensitive topics. So a lot of the things that people would consider to be the conspiracy theories of the music industry are actually um, true. Yeah. And, there we go. And thank you. Okay. I can see, um, I can see numbers coming back up near the little eyeball again, they're coming in and out. So let's, uh, continue. You just released a new song, uh, just a couple, not too long ago. And it's called the void, avoid in me. And we're going to play this for everybody. What can you tell us a little bit about this song? Yeah. So really, I haven't even really released it. You're one of the few people that I've sent the link, but after this video, I'll oh, wow. release it. And um, yeah, so the song 
you know, I wrote it earlier this week and, you know, I just was just tapping into some emotions just because um, some years ago, my sister passed away from cancer. And, you know, essentially I started writing it based on that, you know what I mean? Where, you know, the doctor told us that she was going to survive for a certain amount of time. And then it turns out to be less than the actual amount of time. And at that time, I was a collegiate athlete and, you know, I'm in college and I'm trying to, you know, keep the smiles up, you know what I mean? Trying to, you know, just not rub any elbows, you know, just make everything just be smooth, you know, it's all right, you know, it's not that bad, but really I was avoiding the pain that I was going through at that time. And um, it was just a lot of things that, if I would have just been, you know, 100% with myself and, you know, sought God about, I would have been able to heal a lot quicker. And so the premise of avoiding me is obviously, you know, it's kind of a play on words, meaning avoiding me, where other people would be avoiding the topic that surrounded, you know, that, you know, avoiding me. And then also on top of that, you know, I would be avoiding, you know, me, myself, but also then the latter phase of when you actually do find the healing, you know, avoiding the negativity or the carnal nature of yourself and, you know, seeking out God. And so in that sense, it's like a triple entendre where it's about people avoiding you and the controversial topics that are true, but they don't want to talk to you about it because, you know, it's, it's one of those things touchy. And then also you avoiding yourself when you're looking at yourself and you're like, well, that's not really what's going on. And just, you know, letting it fester up like a wound. Right. And then the latter portion, once you get past all of that and truly accept it, you know, just avoiding, you know, your carnal or your fleshly desire to continue you know, avoiding me. And so that's what the meaning behind avoiding me is. So this is a privileged first. This has not been released yet. And we are excited to be able to share this. And when we get done, I want to talk a little bit about the video because it was driving some points home to me. And I want to highlight those before we close out this, this evening. This is Avoiding Me by Joshua Ross. <laughs> Okay, that uh, clipped out. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> okay, well, that uh, that is a preview of Avoid Me, but it still gave us enough to talk about with the uh, with the with the video. I like what you did with the video style for that because it reminds me of my youth back in the seventies. It's got that very seventies, early eighties kind of feel to the to the film in it. 
And I was thinking about it and it's like, you know, when you're growing up, you, you think that you've, that everything's okay on the outside, but it's, it's really not that void is always there. You know, you're doing all the things as a kid you're doing, you know, you're playing the games with the friends, you're playing the games with the family. Um, but still there's that void there. And that's really what that is, is, um, you know, driving home to me when I see that video. And, you know, it's kind of cool that we just got to see a preview of it because it's not been released yet. And uh, when, when are you going to be releasing Avoid in Me? Yeah, I'm going to release it literally after I get out of this live stream. So. <laughs> well, there you go. So segue on into that since we are live. Where can people go to see the full video for Avoid in Me? Yeah, um, essentially, you can just go to my website for the youth.cc or to my YouTube channel. And um, yeah, <laughs> you can access it from there. Awesome. Joshua, thank you for hanging in with us tonight uh, during the warfare. Hey, we're dealing in the in the realm of the prince and the palate of the air, um, the prince, the prince and the power of the air. Boy, I'm getting <laughs> what a day it's been <laughs> um, dealing with the prince and the power of the air. And uh, we're trying to kick him out of his throne by doing all of this and exalting Jesus. And Josh, thank you for joining us. And I do have to do this for you. We have our studio dog. She's our pit terrier, Amy. And she <laughs> gives your music lots of love tonight. Um, she sits up here and previews the music with me that we that we use on the live stream. So thank you. And we will be back at our regular time on Thursday night, this coming Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be a little bit different. My friend, pastor and apostle Alex Bonilla, from North Palm Church down in Charleston, South Carolina, is going to be joining us. And we're going to talk, be talking about finding your destiny. It's going to blow your mind. Uh, it's, it's going to be a good conversation. So if you've got questions about that, definitely tune in uh, with us again on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And until then, peace out and rock on. Joshua, thank you very much. Yes, sir. Have a blessed night. Amen. And there we go. Lithoscry.com.